Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Let's go there. With Shira and Ryan. Entertainment. Music. Pop culture. LGBT plus news. Let's go there. Starts now. Hello. Happy Wednesday. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. We're here for you weekdays on Channel Q. Catching you up on the news of the day. Pop culture. So much more with some great music in between. You know, we're in our spring vibe today. We're we're wearing floral prints. Yeah, we need to take a picture. No, we don't. (laughs) I'm not taking a picture. But if you want to check what happens in the studio this is a good time to plug our Instagram at LGT show producer Vanessa always is putting the camera in front of our face I know and I look awkwardly at the camera <laughs> while I'm on this mic anywho yes it's it's hot outside I'm feeling the spring vibes and to be honest it feels like it's skipping spring and turning into summer you mm. know global warming and something else that is true I'm happy you finally admitted it I, well, I've never, I've never been a global warming denier. That's true. Like I've always felt climate change was a real thing. I can't believe you just thought that of me. I don't know. You do question the environmentalists a lot. I, well, yeah. Who, if you don't question them, how are you supposed to get the I real mean, deal answers? Are you just supposed to say yes to everything someone's no. saying? No. I just That's remember, how you end up in Scientology. <laughs> oh, wow. That went really <laughs> quickly downhill. I just remember when you used to call Greta Thunberg, row, row, row your boat girl. Yes, because she literally rowed a boat. <laughs> across whatever country and thought that was like good. You imagine how big her arms are? I don't think she actually rode it. Oh. it was, she was on a sailboat. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, we've got a lot coming up on the show. Uh, we're going to be getting into the truth behind the Justice Department's investigation into Representative Matt Gates over this alleged relationship with a teen girl. What is going on? Yeah, this is wild and it's not going anywhere anytime soon. And it's also Trans Day of Visibility. We're celebrating that here on Let's Go There Today. We've got influencer Blossom Brown joining us at 3.35 p.m. Pacific, 6.35 p.m. Eastern. And she's not just an influencer. She's also like a wellness guru. She's like, yes. loves astrology. She's She does a real, a, a lot in We that should place. get her to read our cards. No, this is about celebrating her, not working. How are you going to bring her on the show and put labor on her? <laughs> well, uh, stick around for that. Uh, and let's get into somewhat trending this hour. Uh, President Joe Biden today issued the first presidential proclamation 
proclamation recognizing Transgender Day of Visibility. Which was amazing to see him talk about on Twitter. Yeah, he said the day day is dedicated to celebrating transgender people, of course, as we know, and bringing awareness to the discrimination and violence they face every single day, which... is a very different change of pace from our previous president in terms of acknowledging the community, of course. Well, and I mean, not even just our last president, but presidents even before, because Mm. I mean, it was the first time we really saw Joe Biden in one, his inaugural speech. And I I, like ever even speak about trans folks in that, in that way. So he's already really been groundbreaking. He wrote their trailblazing work has given countless transgender individuals the bravery to live openly and authentically. This hard fought progress is also shaping an increasingly accepting world in which peers at school, teammates and coaches on the playing field, colleagues at work and allies in every corner of society are standing in support and solidarity with the transgender community. Now, of course, with all of this, though, he added that trans people still face systemic barriers to freedom and equality, like higher rates of violence, harassment, and discrimination. We unfortunately have to report about that every single day. Yeah, and so he's continuing to look at that crisis of violence against transgender women, especially transgender women of color, um, in, which is a stain, he added, on our nation's conscience. So definitely powerful words right there. But the What's idea- another word for powerful? inspiring, resonating. Go. Yeah, I'm about to ban the word powerful from everyone's you know, vocabulary. I do, have, I do have words that I end up using consistently over like a month and then they just like move on. But hunker down is another thing I keep saying. <laughs> like we got to hunker down. DOD uh, spokesperson, as we wrap this up, John Kirby announced the Pentagon has reversed Trump era policies, largely banning transgender people from serving in the military too. The revised policies in these instructions restore the department's original 2016 policies regarding transgender service. Specifically, they prohibit discrimination on the basis of gender identity or an individual's identification as transgender. They provide a means by which to access into the military in one's self-identified gender, provided all appropriate standards are met. They provide a path for those in service for medical treatment, gender transition, and recognition in one's And uh, that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so I might, I kind of really want to talk about this Britney Spears story. But we're kind of running out of time, so I'm going to save it. In the meantime, though, I'm going to tell you, if you did not know, yesterday, our company announced something so huge. It was absolutely inspiring. Um, You probably didn't know, Channel Q is a part of a bigger company now. We are home to the industry's most influential collection of broadcasts and digital content, podcasts, and premium live experiences. We provide the news our fans need, the sports they love, the podcasts they crave, and the music they can't live without live and on demand. Today, something is changing. We are now a part of a new brand called Odyssey. You're going to be hearing a lot more about it in the coming weeks and months. Radio.com is now Odyssey, which, honey, I am obsessed with. The new colors, everything is fabulous. You know, you get the same old Sheer and Ryan, but we just got a new sound and a new name and all these wonderful new things. And yeah. so, shout out to Odyssey. That's your, now that's the T report. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, now, coming up on the show, a Florida representative is in hot water over an alleged relationship with a teen girl. We unravel the complicated story with the Washington Post next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. 
The Justice Department is investigating Representative Matt Gates, a Florida Republican who's uh, considered a very close political ally of former President Donald Trump. It's all over an alleged sexual relationship with an underage girl. But, you know, as this got announced yesterday, the congressman tweeted that his family is being extorted. And that the whole thing is false. So what's happening? Well, national security reporter Matt Zapatowski is back with us from The Washington Post. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So can you break down this whole thing? Because it is so hard to figure out what exactly is going on. It's very complicated. And we're out with some new reporting just now that complicates things even oh, further. Oh. But I'll give you the, the, the short of it. There are kind of two investigations. One that is dating back to late last year, the Justice Department is investigating whether Matt Gates had an illegal sexual encounter or relationship with a 17-year-old. So that is ongoing. That is kind of its own thing. And Matt Gates faces fairly serious legal repercussions from that. Potential legal repercussions. He's not charged with anything now. He denies what I'm doing. While that is going on, these two guys approach his family, essentially asking for money to fund this kind of unusual effort that they say will go rescue this hostage, this FBI agent held hostage and presumed to be dead in Iran. And they say, if Matt Gates's father, this guy named Don Gates, the former president of the Florida Senate, agrees to give them this $25 million and fund this effort. That could help his son's legal woes go away. And I know you're probably thinking, well, what does one have to do with the other? And really nothing, except that these guys seem to figure out that Matt Gates was under investigation and use that to try to get a little bit of money, not a little bit of money, a lot of money from the Gates family to, in their words, you know, go go help find this hostage FBI agent. So I don't know if this is an episode of House of Cards or did Shonda Rhimes (laughs) write this for a scandal? So was this information leaked out? Like, was it supposed to come out when it did? Because it did feel like it hit the news. I mean, it was everywhere yesterday. So that is Gates's assertion, though I think the reality is more complicated. The big question I think the, the Justice Department is trying to figure out isn't just how it leaked out yesterday, but how it leaked out to these guys who then approached the Gates family about it, because at that time, it was not public knowledge. Earlier this month, no one really knew, um, unless you were sort of a connected insider, that Matt Gates was under investigation. Matt Gates is saying, well, this all leaked out because of this, what he frames as an extortion plot. These people were trying to extort money from him. The reality, I think, is a little messier than that. The extortion plot, as, as he frames it, is really separate in the eyes of the Justice Department from the sex trafficking investigation. It's not as if the alleged victim in that case tried to extort Matt Gates. It was just people who found out about the investigation and then approached Matt Gates saying, hey, we have a way that could help you with this investigation. Wait, so did he have a sexual relationship with an underage girl or not? Well, the Justice Department is still figuring that out. And did he, he, is he using it. this whole thing as a way to overshadow it? That's what I... 
certainly that is one way to read these, this sequence of events. The people who may or may not be extorting him don't have a connection to this 17-year-old. In some ways, some people in the Justice Department think, boy, this is a big distraction. This has nothing to do with the case. How did the Justice Department even find out that there was a 17-year-old girl involved? Like, how did that even? Because you said this is an investigation that's been going on before this. How did that even start? That's a great question. So there's another case of a different Florida Republican, a tax collector for a a county in Florida. He's charged with sex trafficking. It was in the course of that that they got some kind of tip about Gates. And I don't know exactly what that tip was, what that looked like, but I do know they're investigating whether this other Florida Republican and Matt Gates might have had the same kind of illegal sexual contacts with the same people. This Florida Republican is charged with a number of crimes, and among them is, uh, you know, sex trafficking of a minor. Okay. Well, thank you so much. For, <laughs> feels like a soap opera. I mean, honestly, it feels like all of those rumors that QAnon would talk about, all the sex trafficking rings that Democrats were doing, maybe it's yeah, Republicans. Right? <laughs> Who knows? But you can't say that. Don't agree with that, Matt. You're a journalist. You can't. I'm just being stupid. Anyway. <laughs> uh, that was National Security Reporter Matt Zapatowski from The Washington Post. Thanks again. Thank you. Coming up, we've got updates on the Derek Chauvin trial uh, for George Floyd's death. And we've got actually a radio reporter on the ground there in Minneapolis joining us for that next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Witness testimony continues today in the trial of former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin, who has been charged in the death of George Floyd. And Sloan Martin joins us right now. She's a WCCO radio reporter in Minneapolis who's actually at the trial as we are talking to her. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, this is um, it's been a really heavy day again. And what's happening right behind me is before I stepped out of the media center just across the street from the courtroom is playing for the first time. Even media have seen the body camera video of Officer Derek Chauvin, who is uh, currently on trial. The three other officers who we watch camera video for will be on trial for aiding and abetting murder and manslaughter in August. Yeah, I mean, the, the reporting coming out of this trial It's hard. It's hard to read about and watch. How does it feel in there? I have already seen the bystander video. I have seen the police body camera video. And of course, it never gets easier because you hear from the outset how desperate Floyd sounds, how he says, don't shoot me. I'm not a bad guy. He's pleading with them not to go into the squad car. He's clearly in distress. He's apologetic them and it's difficult to watch it's difficult to see that struggle trying to get him in the squad car before they bring him down to the ground but i think for the jurors too a lot of this was really brand new during voir dire during jury selection they really talked about uh, i don't think there was any juror who thought i'm going to go pull up that full video because i want to see more of this no it was just you know 20 30 second clips at a time maybe a screenshot because it's not something you want to seek out it's very disturbing so for this uh, for the jurors today, it was extremely heavy. Yesterday, we had wow. six bystanders who talked about how witnessing this event firsthand traumatizes them almost a year later. Uh, and then we had uh, another bystander break down on the stand today when he first saw that police body sta- uh, police body camera video. He said, I felt helpless. I lost my mother. I can understand him. There was uh, a break taken in court so he could compose himself. And then now watching back to back 
back-to-back all four officers' police body camera videos that show you from the time they approach Floyd in the driver's side of his vehicle and a gun is drawn on him within seconds because Officer Lane did not think he showed his hands quickly enough to showing how scared he is to the time he is taken away in the ambulance. I mean, there's so much that you just let us know, and I feel like we're actually, you transported us into that room. Um, I want to talk about yesterday, though. There was a trained EMT and a, um, um, a Minneapolis firefighter who uh, took the stand. Can you tell us a little bit about what she uh, spoke about? Uh, because I know that was a really big testimony that was a, played a huge part in this. It was because she was a very confident and forthright witness who also had that medical background as well to um, lend to the prosecution in this case. So she was talking about how she was just taking a stroll in the neighborhood. She was visiting a community garden and uh, she happened to come across this scene. She identified herself as a firefighter with EMT training and was told to get back onto the curb. And you can hear her in the bystander video saying, take his pulse. She's screaming at them at one point, telling them to take his pulse. And uh, she listed off yesterday all of the things that she would have done had she been able to get access to him. She talked about she knew that Floyd was in an altered state of consciousness because she could tell he was not responding to painful stimuli, a knee on your neck. That's something they do with, um, with patients who may have lost consciousness. consciousness. They'll maybe press down on a fingernail and get the, or on their sternum, try to get them to react to a painful stimuli. But he wasn't. She said he needed an 88. He needed chest compression. So you really heard from her. She wasn't an expert witness, but she happened to have that area of expertise that was very important to the prosecution. Wow. Oh, you know, going back to this, bo- and yeah, by the way, your description is just incredible. Like, we we are there with you as you're saying that um, you're really good at what you do. And um, it's hard. <laughs> and, and it's difficult um, because this is such a huge story in historic, historical time that we're, we lived through even being part of this. Um, now, this body cam footage from the officers, did we see or hear anything new? It was actually out in the public, at least officers Lane and Jay Alexander King. They were the first to arrive on the scene, both rookie officers who had been on the force for just a couple of weeks. I mean, this is, I believe, their first full week um, responding to calls, and they were partnered together. So we those technically have been in the public and reported on in the media, but this is our first time seeing the police body camera video for Officer Tutau. He was the one who was trying to keep those bystanders at bay as they were trying to get his attention. And then the, for, for the first time, seeing Officer Chauvin's police body camera video, and his actually fell off and was underneath the car so we only we're not going to be able to see the time when he was actually on floyd's neck which is interesting too he does eventually put it back on because we know it captured um another confrontation with a bystander who uh talked to him through his squad car window so we might be seeing that but this is going to be brand new both to the jury and to the public and, and media as well i know a question everyone has is how much longer do we think this trial will last 
Well, we knew it was going to be at least four weeks of testimony. So we started March 29th, which was Monday. Um, So we're looking at, you know, the end of April by the time we have closing arguments. And then we have deliberations and the jury is going to be sequestered for that period. So they're going to be staying in a hotel. So there is no interference in that process, Uh, not sequestered during the actual trial, just during those deliberations. And then it's hard to know how long that's going to last. So we're probably looking at the beginning of May. Who knows how long it takes to reach a verdict on these charges? And there are three charges second-degree murder, third-degree murder, and second-degree manslaughter as well for the jury to consider. Wow. (sighs) Well, thank you so much for being here while you're reporting and doing your work. We really appreciate it. No, thank you. That was Sloan Martin, WCCO radio reporter in Minneapolis. Coming up on the show, since Donald Trump has been banned from social media, he's launched a new website. We're going to be looking at all of that and what you can't expect. He's selling some things, too. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So you thought you got rid of President Donald Trump online on social media as he's been banned from every platform. Well, now the former president and first lady Melania Trump have launched a website to serve their personal offices. It's called 45office.com, you know, because Microsoft Office was taken. (laughs) It was all bull. (laughs) Oh, that sound effect comes in handy. No, it is. This whole thing that we're about to talk about is just all some BS. The site features a really long bio for the former president uh, that starts with this, which is interesting because, you know, we even do our own websites and we're told, even my designer was like, give me three lines for the front of the site. Three lines, not even. It's like, needs to be short, abridged. I feel like if I, okay, real quick, before I go to this website, am I going to get a virus? You know, I feel like going on this website is like watching porn. Do you think and he's like, going <laughs> to, do you think that he starts, uh, like, following us And then everywhere? also, you never know, Siri might start showing me, like, MAGA things. You know, anytime That's you talk true. about it, I might start, I might become a QAnoner tomorrow. I mean, yes, who knows? It starts, Donald D. Trump launched the most extraordinary political movement in history. This is very intense. Dethroning political dynasties. Oh. Defeating the Washington establishment and becoming the first true outsider elected as president of the United States. Yeah, he was, you know, Donald Trump was really othered, you know, before he was a president. Oh, my God. I'm on the website right now. There was literally a photo. It's like a, doing a flash photo montage. Yeah. And there's a photo of him and Kim Jong-un. Yeah. About to shake hands. Are you kidding me? Why do you want to be the poster child with like other terrorists? I mean, like our dictators. Yeah. Yeah. There's that. And then it goes from that to like him kissing a baby. <laughs> the dichotomy. It's, it's, he has range. Yeah, as we like to I say. guess. You know, and, take over the world one day and, and then kiss babies the next. And then uh, Melania Trump, you see, she has pictures. She's dancing with him at the inaugural ball. And they're together at these black tie dinners. Uh, the website makes no mention of his two impeachment trials. Obviously, that would be bad press, right? You don't want to mention that. Uh, it's like, you know, when, don't want to mention when you got fired on your resume. Oh, my God. Guess what? You know what we should do? What? So there's a contact area. Yeah. 
you can schedule a request to hang out with Donald Trump and Melania Trump. (laughs) So, yes, uh, they do have a place um, on the website. You could request a personalized greeting from the president. Like a cameo? I was like, he's joining cameo. (laughs) Or request that the president attend an event. And they said to the high number of requests, the greetings page says it will take up to six weeks for processing. Not that bad. I'm filling it out right now. Name of host organization. Channel Q. Oh, God. Can we? I'd be amazed. What are you going to say? I love gays. I'm Donald Trump, and I love the gays. Host organization website. We are Channel Q. You know, I think this would be a wonderful moment to trap Donald Trump and Melania into giving us an exclusive interview. Why not? Don't you think it could work? Why don't you just tell them? It was all (laughs) bull****. Tell them the answers, and then we can ask, like, act like we ask them those things. And then they're like, oh, yes, once again, I believe in trans rights. <laughs> oh, wow. That is interesting. I wonder how much his merch is. You know, he said you say he had merch, right? Oh, he was selling the, no, the personalized greetings. That's what oh, he's selling. Sorry, that was a little bit wow. of a clickbaity thing. Wow. How yes. dare you? I don't know. I'm really thinking, you know, producer Vanessa's 30th birthday is coming up. And I do think this is a phenomenal birthday present. <laughs> yes, Vanessa. You just let her know. You let her in on the surprise. Yeah, I know. But she doesn't know when I'm going to do it. That is true. Uh, if, if Trump has the time for you, Vanessa. Uh, but listen, if you're wondering when he's going to be back on social media, according to his uh, advisor and spokesperson, Jason Miller, he's going to be returning to social media in two to three months. Brace yourselves. How's that going to happen? Are they going to let him back on? With his own platform. Oh, wow. Yeah, and we talked a bit about this. It's going to attract tens of millions, they said, of new users and completely redefine the game. To be honest, I might join. I want to see what's happening on there. Curiosity killed the cat. I am looking for a husband. My next husband could be on the Donald Trump app. Who knows? Crazier (laughs) things have happened. We'll make for a good story. Coming up on the show, uh, Biden's plan for uh, more American jobs. More details on that next on What's Training This Hour. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Welcome back. Coming up on the show, Britney Spears is speaking out about the Free Britney movement. Ryan has got that in the T-Report. Oh, I sure do. Uh, Thank you so much for letting the people know. And what you need to know about Trans Day of Visibility today, we've got influencer and wellness guru Blossom Brown joining us for that in 30 minutes. (laughs) Uh, But first, let's get into some what's trending this hour. President Biden unveiled a $2 trillion plan today to rebuild the nation's aging infrastructure, support electric vehicles and clean energy, and boost access to caregivers and their pay, which is great. Here he is about infrastructure. The American Jobs Plan will modernize 20,000 miles of highways, roads, and main streets that are in difficult, difficult shape right now. It'll fix the nation's 10 most economically significant bridges in America that require replacement. Remember that bridge that went down? We got 10 most economically significant bridges with more commerce going across it that need to be replaced. So it's a domestic investment that hasn't been seen in the U.S. actually since the construction of the interstate highways in the 1950s and the space race a decade later. So it should really help all of us here. I mean, yeah, I'm wondering if it's going to get passed, though. That's the that's the real... It's always tea. the big question. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know what did get passed? 
Uh, New York State has legalized marijuana for adults. Now that is a moment. Shout out to New York. It will also uh, expunge the criminal records of people previously convicted of crimes that would be legal under the new law. And that is actually really huge. And yeah. Important. I mean, pretty big deal. But guess what, Andrew Cuomo? We still remember what you did, sis. It's not distracting us. <laughs> yes, that is true. New York is now the 15th state to allow recreational marijuana for adults. Cuomo said this is a historic day in New York when that rights the wrongs of the past by putting an end to harsh prison sentences, embracing an industry that will grow the Empire State's economy, prioritizing marginalized communities so those that have suffered the most will be the first to reap the benefits. And you know how much they'll benefit the city? It's going to create 60,000 jobs. Actually, the state, sorry. And generate $350 million in annual tax revenue for the state. Which is wild, which is why legalizing it always helps. And that was What's Trending This Hour, What's Happening in Entertainment News, Ryan. Okay, so Britney Spears has officially broken her silence about the free Britney documentary. It is time for the T-Report, those pop culture stories trending right now. So Britney Spears said she was left embarrassed and in tears by the way she was portrayed. On Instagram, she posted this. She said, I I didn't want to watch the documentary, but from what I did see of it, I was embarrassed by the light they put me in. Hmm. I cried for two weeks, and well, I still cry sometimes. Along with that caption, she posted a video of herself dancing to Aerosmith's Crazy, writing that it was her way of being able to feel wild and human and alive. Uh, she also addressed the media and public scrutiny also, um, and she has faced throughout her career, which has um, chronicled, uh, what basically was chronicled in the documentary that was released in the Hulu documentary last month. Um... She said this, it takes a lot of strength to trust the universe with your real vulnerability because I've always been so judged, insulted, and embarrassed by the media, and I still am till this day. What do you think this means? Do you she, really think she cried? Like, she's embarrassed yeah, by how they portrayed her? I think she's traumatized just from uh, the positive, uh, you know, obviously she's gained a lot from being in the spotlight, but also the negative. I think she has a lot to let go of, includes forgiveness. I mean, we're talking about therapy one-on-one here. Uh, she has a lot to go through. Yeah, I mean, my thing is, I hate that she felt embarrassed by the documentary, because I do think the documentary actually put a lot of people on her side. But sometimes if you haven't accepted that that even happened and been through your own healing, it's hard to f- I feel that. that. I feel that. Let us know what you think at LGT Show on social media. We love for you to keep the conversation going. And real quick, guess what? You have other ways to listen to us. Uh Did you know? Um, Audet, not Audacity, oh my God. Odyssey is your new home for all the audio that matters to you. Download the Odyssey app today to listen right here at Channel Q. Let's go there with Sheeran Ryan. I mean, it has everything. Uh, If you need to know how to spell it, it is A-U-D-A-C-Y the Odyssey app. If you have the Radio.com app, it probably just switched over. Um, But if you don't, guess what? You need to download it. That is true. Uh, Coming up on the show, how PPE is making Earth's plastic pollution problem even worse. What we can all do about that next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. PPE, you know, personal protective equipment like masks, gloves, face shields, have kept all of us safe through the pandemic, right? But they're actually having an opposite effect on the planet. A new study published... Tuesday by Ocean Conservancy, a nonprofit environmental advocacy group, found more than 100,000 pieces of PPE littered across lands and water over the last six months. And 
The organization is warning this is just the tip of the iceberg. George Leonard joins us right now, Ocean Conservancy's chief scientist. Thanks for being here. Uh, Happy to be there. Well, wow, this sucks, Uh, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It's a big bummer. Yes, it is. There are things we can do about it, but uh, there's a lot of PPE uh, out in the environment now, and that's what this new report has really documented. Well, let's talk about how this is impacting the environment and animals. Some people might not realize how that being thrown everywhere, uh, what it does. Yeah, well, so most of the disposable PPE out there, so think about disposable gloves or disposable face masks, um, are all made of plastic, a variety of different polymers. Uh, and plastic pollution in the ocean is one of the big threats to the, to the health of the ocean. And so masks and gloves are essentially contributing to that because they can break down into little bits and fragments and little microfibers. Uh, and these materials can get taken up by marine life, uh, and including the fish we eat. So we're, we're slowly... Uh, you know, in infusing the food, the marine food web with plastics. And this is contributing to that problem. You know what's frustrating for me, though? I think when we had these mask mandates and they knew we were going to have to wear masks, we were going to have to wear gloves, all of these things, why was there not also a separate plan in place saying, well, if you're done with these things, you know, get rid of them in the proper way so we can make sure we're keeping all the pollution down? Like, what's what's the disconnect there? Because it doesn't feel like it's a shocking thing to know that there's all this pollution of PPE just left out there because people, of course, are irresponsible. Well, yeah, I think that's right. But it's important to recognize, you know, in the early phases of the pandemic, I don't think any of us really knew what was going to happen, right? We didn't realize that PPE was going to be part of our daily lives and we were going to use it all the time. Uh, and, and, and I think we were caught off guard a little bit. Um, there was probably not as great communication uh, to folks on, on how to handle these materials. And we, we strongly recommend, uh, you know, to, ha- to follow uh, established guidelines, but they need to be disposed of properly. We recommend people cut the ear loops off them and, and make sure that they're put in receptacles uh, and sealed up for, um, for disposal. But, but I suspect that, you know, with a lot early on with the fear that many of us, I think, had, uh, you know, people would sort of dispose of them and, and, and try to create distance, right, between presumably the coronavirus and, and themselves. And, and that may have contributed to yeah, can, some of the early behavior. Can people just stop throwing things outside? Just find a garbage. It's really not that difficult. I can tell you, even here in Venice, like, I, I was on the beach one day and someone was just left all their entire lunch, like a group everything on the beach i'm like who do you think throws this out anyway who's to blame well, here? So, no, absolutely. George, I mean, but who's to blame because we don't have a lot of time with you like should the ppe companies be uh can they create these uh materials that are environmentally safe or that can be uh what's the word um recycled? composed recycled yeah. yeah yeah well look i think a lot of we, we all have a role to play here individual choice uh has a big role to play you can use reusable ppe you don't have to use disposable materials you should dispose of them properly. We do need um, uh, a both a producer responsibility and government policy, both on PPE, but also on the whole other variety of single-use plastics that has escalated during the pandemic. Um, you know, plastic bags, takeout containers, uh, cutlery, et cetera, et cetera. And that's why we're big uh, supporters of the Break Free from Plastics Act, which is a federal bill that's under consideration in Congress right now that would go uh, go after many of these materials. My, my Starbucks cup right now has the recycling thing. D- does that mean it recycles or it's just plastic and it's going to kill things? <laughs> 
Well, we'd have to have an hour-long uh, conversation just around the recyclability piece. <laughs> you know what? The, labels, I, I, the I labels don't necessarily mean that something will be recycled, exactly. even if it is recyclable. Mm. We need to have you back on because I think you're the first guest to actually break it down in like regular language. I mean, I don't know if we should have you back on because she's going to have a stroke if she it gets more passionate. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. Uh, happy to be there. Thank you. That was George Leonard, Ocean Conservancy's chief scientist. Maybe I need a you know volunteer there. You need yoga, <laughs> meditation. <laughs> Uh, now, we, actually, we have a wellness guru joining us Look after this. Segue. We're, we're celebrating Trans Day of Visibility with influencer Blossom Brown right after this. Let's go there with, with Shira, Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. It is Trans Day of Visibility where we recognize and celebrate all of our friends in the trans community. And of course, this has been celebrated annually since 2009. And we're so excited to have someone who we love on the show today, trans actress, activist, and life coach, Blossom Brown. Welcome to Let's Go There. Hi, how are you? We are great. You just have infectious energy. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I try to have it. <laughs> now, I love it. You know what I love about this day? Because I, I feel like when you're talking about trans folks or just trans stories, it's often can be a moment where you're either talking about things that are heavy. And I feel like we right. never really get the space to celebrate the identity and the visibility of so many of the amazing trans folks out there doing it. And Blossom, you are one of those people, I have to Thank say. Thank you. So what I is appreciate a, that. What does a day like this mean to you? Well, you know, a day like this uh, basically means to me, it's just a friendly reminder that trans people have always existed. We've always been here. We will continue to be here. We will continue to do great work and we will continue to thrive. I am really loving this day because I'm seeing a lot of my trans siblings being able to have their voices heard and amplified and really people who may be new to learning about the trans experience kind of getting to know us as well, too. Um, I feel very abundant today. I think mm-hmm. it's such a prosperous day. And, you know, trans visibility is every day. Mm-hmm. I think on today it's just much more amplified. And even hearing President Biden talk about this day and celebrities, uh, A-list celebrities as well, too, has really, really made this a joyous day. So, you know, trans visibility really just is another day of just amplifying just who we are. And it's such a beautiful, powerful thing. It is. And we want to talk about you and everything you're doing because you're doing Mm -hmm. such great work on social media. You're constantly creating content and really uh, growing in the wellness space as well. Uh, Tell us about uh, being uh, part of the trans community in these spaces, uh, how important that is Mm -hmm. for you. It's very, very important. Intersectionality is something that's very important to me because You know, I am a trans person. I am an activist. I'm also a spiritualist. I'm a professional tarot reader, astrologist, numerologist, all of those different things. And one thing about me, one thing I've always said is you don't have to cherry pick your purpose. Mm -hmm. You can do every single part of your purpose and let it come back tenfold. And that's really what I've been doing. And so it's really, really important for me that I continue to be an activist in all of the things that I do you know, being an activist in the spiritual community because there's a lot of transphobia within the spiritual community. Um, And just, you know, um, I'm also in the healthcare system as well, too. I'm also in public health. So having to be an advocate and activist um, in that department as well, too, is really, really something that I strive to continue to do because we have to continue to show up. It's It's really, really important that trans people 
show up in places and in spaces that they're never really usually seen because we have a voice. And our experience needs to be amplified. And so, you know, intersectionality is just something that's really, really important to me. And, you know, it's, it's been a crazy ride. It's been very interesting because I've had to learn a lot of things along the way. But it's truly a fulfilling experience. And I'm so grateful that I get to do what I get to do. I mean, are you kidding me? You're just perfect. Uh, And I I really, I think what we want to do, we want to keep you on because we really want to talk, always have a call to action. And call to Mm -hmm. actions are very important for days like this because we want to know and give our allies uh, some actual things to to be able to know. Like, how do I be a better ally? So stick around with us. We're going to continue to celebrate you, Blossom Brown. Don't go anywhere. We got more Let's Go There coming up right up next. Let's Go There with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We are back celebrating Trans Day of Visibility with the incredible Blossom Brown actress, yes. activist, life coach, and so much more. So give us some tips here because, I, I, like I said before the break, I said I really love call to actions. Give mm-hmm. us some call to actions for our allies listening who are saying, I want to be a better ally. What do they need to know? Perfect. I love call to actions, too. Well, a couple of different things, okay? Number one, donate to trans-led organizations. Trans-led organizations are on the ground doing the work every single day for trans people, and they can always use more support, number one. Number two, we got to get away from staying allies and moving more towards accomplices because we need more accomplices on the front lines. Because a lot of people sometimes say that they're allies, but their actions don't meet with their words. Mm-hmm. So when, you're, when you become an accomplice, We know that you're on the front lines with us. We never have to question your loyalty. You're always providing resources that we need. You're always amplifying our voices. And that's what we need more of. We need more accomplices. And third, um, I just kind of really just said it, you know, amplify trans voices. If you have a platform in any fashion, shape, or form, amplify trans non-binary voices, please. We need our voices heard. We need people to understand that we exist. If you have any type of access power, please, please use it for good benefit to those who could really use it. Really use it for disenfranchised communities like the transgender, nonconforming, and nonbinary community because the trans experience is not a monolithic experience. And people need to understand all parts of the trans experience. So this is what we need to begin to get to. And I think through a lot of energetic healing and understanding and building bridges, and tearing down old, unsturdy foundations that don't really hold um, firm anymore, mm-hmm. this is how we begin to do it. Yeah. And, and speaking of, you know, wellness in this, it's compassion is so important, right? Yes. Really listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, what I think we, you know, what should have been third is to be honest, book a session because oh, yes, let's Blossom C. Brown is a, is a coach and a tarot card reader. Yes. And honestly, I follow Blossom not only because she's perfect, but also because I always know what my Leo, my sign is, what uh, she's yes. always talking about in the astrology world. So tell more people about your tarot card readings. Yeah, so everyone, I am a professional tarot reader. I love doing it. I love doing it for uh, spiritual healing purposes. And I am a life coach, and I'm about to start coaching real soon. So as soon as I get everything set up or whatever, I will be offering those coaching sessions. And so, uh, you know, it's it's a very empowering healing um, experience. Support the work of black trans women, and this is definitely my work. Um, And trust and believe over these next couple of months, my astrology, my numerology, everything is going to blow up. I'm claiming it. I'm manifesting it. So look out for your girl and support your girl in the process. Follow your girl on IG at Blossom C. Brown and tell all Blossom. Those are my two Instagram pages. 
you're ever interested in a reading, just DM me for now, and we'll talk about dates, pricing, and all that other stuff. But support the work of black trans women like myself, please. We love it. We are here for you and all of it. And thank you again for everything that you do. We're always here to support. Thank you. I'm super grateful to be here. Thank y'all for having me. Wait, so Blossom, before you go, I, there's so much uh-huh. in the news happening with, with when it comes to trans youth. And I, uh-huh. I want us to kind of leave this segment with you saying something to trans youth that could be possibly mm-hmm. listening right now. What do you have that message for them? Absolutely. Uh, to all my trans youth, I love you so much. We are, You are resilient. Just know that we as trans people as a whole are resilient. We can go through any and everything. Just know that I stand 100% in solidarity with you. I think it's a shame that adults are bullying children mm-hmm. because trans youth are, are still in that age where they're still learning, growing, and are able to be who they are. And I think it is a shame, but guess what? We will fight the good fight. We have your back 100%. Stay strong, stay focused, stay motivated, continue to live in your truth and continue to thrive. Because one thing about it though, you got them shook. If they gotta try to bring, if they gotta try to make these laws to try to stop you, you got them shook. Your mm-hmm. existence shakes them. And that's a good thing because we need these people to be shook. Because we exist, trans youth exist, and I just want you to know that you are in my heart and keep going we're all in this together we are happy trans day of visibility that was blossom brown and uh we're also continuing to celebrate this day we're gonna be playing project uh, project fierce interview you did ryan oh yeah with uh state senator sarah mcbride that's coming up at 4 25 p.m pacific 7 25 p.m eastern and what's trending this hour next let's go there with shira and ryan channel q now, of course, in honor of Trans Day of Visibility, we wanted to throw back to our Project Fierce conversation with Delaware State Senator Sarah McBride. So stick around for that coming up in 15 minutes. Ryan, uh, what was your favorite part of that conversation? Oh my God, you, to be honest, she is such a historical person because, I mean, one, she's the first. Mm-hmm. And then two, um, she was just so wonderful. And did you know that Joe Biden actually wrote the foreword in her book? And this was before he was president, but she knew Hunter and she knew uh, the whole entire family. She worked closely with that family for so long um, and then became uh, the press secretary for HRC. And so she just has a, an incredible history and, and how honest she was and just seeing also her and Angelica just, you know, chit-chat. Yeah, Angelica Ross just chit-chat and just talk about their history together. It was just wonderful to be a part of. I was honestly kind of shell-shocked. Well, guess what? Everyone listening, you get to be part of of it in uh, 15 minutes. Yes, please. It's so good. And, of course, if you want to revisit any of the other uh, conversations we had during Project Fears that was highlighting all black trans women, uh, just head over to WeAreChannelQ.com and tap on the Project Fears tab. Love it. Let's get into some what's trending this hour because corporate executives, they're coming out against Georgia voting legislation that looks to suppress the vote. Former American Express CEO Ken Cheneau is leading that effort among black executives to get companies to help roll back those new voting laws. What we have heard from corporations is general statements about their support for voting rights and against voter suppression. But now we're asking put those words into action. And we're asking corporate America to publicly 
and directly oppose any discriminatory legislation and all measures designed to limit America's ability to vote. America. And uh, that was him on CNBC. He joins others like Merck CEO Ken Frazier, who spoke out around this. Even Delta CEO Ed Bastian said, I need to make it crystal clear that the final bill is unacceptable. It does not match Delta's values. I I think the hope is that this will make a change. I mean, Coca-Cola CEO is coming out. They were everywhere today. And, And really, you know, we talk about money. It's all about money. Take money out from someone making this decision. Right. Like the Republicans voting for this. I don't know. I, I mean, none of these companies are probably funding any of these people, but find where they're getting money and figure out how to take that away. So those folks aren't voting for these laws. Or I guess the hope is that this will influence the public perception as well. But good on these executives for doing something like this. Now, Pfizer is uh, saying that the COVID-19 vaccine was 100 percent effective in clinical trial on children between 12 and 15. They released that today, and the news marks a step forward potentially towards administering shots in this age group before they head back to school in the fall. So that's coming from Pfizer. And that was What's Trending This Hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so Michael Strahan has made a huge life change. Um, It's time for the T-Report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So the Good Morning uh, America host um, shocked fans on Tuesday when he seemingly closed the famous gap in his front teeth, which honestly, you know, more people are actually doing this. They're like closing their gaps. And I'm like, I kind of hate that because uh, seeing a gap on that level is just really cute, especially when people actually get bullied for their gaps. Mm, it's like he's already good looking, like at least have a little imperfection. Uh, well, I didn't think about it like that because he's already he was sexy with it. And he's yeah, I'm just saying like I like a little bit of an edge. OK, you like a little bit of ugly. <laughs> That's essentially what you were saying. Uh, but you know no. what? I think people that are too hot, it's a bit overwhelming and intimidating. She's like, can you please balance it out with a little ugly? Um, but no, he, it's interesting because he spoke about, like, he knew he was going to get some backlash for the decision and even listed Why? all Who the people cares? he expected would disapprove. Here's a clip of a, um, a video that he put of the process on Instagram and him talking about it. It's kind of weird. I go home and say I'm going to do it. It'll be like, don't do it. If I post, it'll be don't do it. If I talk to my friends, it'll be don't do it. If I talk to my business partner, it'll be like, don't do it. But I got to do what I want to do for myself now, you know? You're the only one who knows. No, we're just going to show them. And you're the best at this stuff when I'm here. So, yeah, I don't, I mean, I guess all the people around him would judge him for it. Then he needs to fire them because if he wants to close his gap, he should be able to do it, right? Which he did the, do it. The gap controversy. Yeah. I mean, he looks good. He, he does. sexy. You know, everyone's getting veneers. I know. That's like, it is weird. It's weird because you literally break down your own teeth. I know. So imagine, and I think, is this deja vu? I rem- imagine archaeologists when they find our bodies so years weird. later into You're like right. years later in the future and they find our bodies and they're like, so was hum- were humans piranhas? Did they even Did eat? they chew on skin? Is that, Were they chewing on tree bark? Why are their it's teeth true, so sharp? Because the veneers are probably going to disintegrate. It's true. We're going to look strange. It's true. We're changing all our. Imagine the Kardashian family once they are like 60, 70 years and the bodies, I don't know, does silicone last forever? 
Uh, I'm pretty sure that disintegrates too. That's what I'm saying. Like all Somehow. of our body modifications. Well, they can just find like a bunch of fake stuff in there. All of our body <laughs> modifications are going to look so weird to archaeologists down the line. But um, I'm done with your tea report. If you want to know any of the stories that I'm covering, uh, head over to WeirdChannelQ.com and of course keep the conversation going on social media, LGT show. Before we go and wrap up, I got to talk to y'all about something. Today, everything has changed. Channel Q is now a part of a new brand called Odyssey. You're going to be hearing a lot about it in the coming weeks and months. Um, Radio.com is now Odyssey. I'm obsessed with it. We've done a complete brand change. Channel Q has a better home. It's like we filled our gap. (laughs) (laughs) We most definitely filled our gap. And yeah, check it out. Let us know what you think about it. Do you like the name? I mean, hit us up at LGT Show on social media. And that's your team report. Well, as we mentioned, we have this amazing interview interview with State Senator Sarah McBride. She was part of Project Fierce. She's the first transgender state senator in the country, making her the highest ranking transgender official in U.S. history. Uh, so stick around for our interview with her right after this. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. We're back, and in honor of Trans Day of Visibility, we wanted to throw it back to Project Fierce. Our conversations with Angelica Ross and Delaware State Senator Sarah E. McBride. Here she is talking about how her position in politics could possibly open up more opportunities for trans people and trans people of color. It's something I think about constantly. You know, first and foremost, being the first of anything doesn't matter if you're also the last. And... I feel very strongly that my job here, obviously, first and foremost, is to represent this district that I'm privileged to to, to serve, a district that is as diverse as the state of Delaware. Really, one of the reasons why I love it is it looks like the state of Delaware as a whole. But one of the responsibilities I have is to not leave a Sarah-sized hole in the wall, to not require that someone needs to be a clone of me in order to get a seat at the table, but that my job is to not just leave that hole on the wall, but to actually bring down the wall and mm-hmm. to, to address any of those barriers that keep anyone, whether they're a trans person of color, an undocumented person, whether they're a person living in poverty or a person living at the intersection of all of those identities, any of the barriers that stand in their way to full and free participation in our society and a meaningful role in our democracy. That's what my job requires. And I feel that every single day. And I feel that even more because I am one of the first. Do you think that we can start talking decriminalization stuff? Ooh. Do you think that you, you already know what I'm talking about, yeah. but I'm wondering, do you feel like you have the ability to now bring that conversation into the spaces you now have access to? Yeah, I absolutely think that one, we, we need to continue the outside game, the outside activism, the outside push. We need to continue to mm-hmm. educate people. But absolutely, I think we, we are absolutely at a point, and we're seeing more elected officials across the country bringing up bold solutions like decriminalizing sex work, like a real public health uh, approach to substance use disorder rather than yes. a criminalization approach. You know, you're seeing more and more space for candidates and elected officials to bring those newer, newer-ish ideas or new to the sort of public discourse ideas to, mm-hmm. the, to the table. And I think you're increasingly seeing more people receptive to it because we've shifted 
how people are thinking. And even if they don't necessarily know where the right place to be on that one issue is, they're much more amenable to hearing the arguments and hopefully in the end being persuaded to, to join the right side of history. Do you think oftentimes, especially what we're seeing, and, and Biden was so about unification and unifying this country, it oftentimes feels like that is off the table. It doesn't feel like we should be just kind of waiting to kumbaya and hold hands with folks. Why aren't we seeing Democrats kind of, you know, you know, big up and actually push for certain things? It sometimes feels like there's a lack of that, in my opinion. I listen, I'm all about I'm all about the reaching across. And I know Joe Biden is the reach across the aisle, dude. He, he would all day, every day. But some things happened. Some really some things you just can't backpedal from and pretend that they didn't happen and then just want to kumbaya. How do you see progress happening when there are folks that maybe there needs to be more accountability than there is like coming together? And I think that that's one of the things that they tried during the course of the inauguration to really make clear that when they were talking about unity, they weren't just talking about the absence of tension, right? Mm -hmm. They weren't just talking about everyone joining hands and pretending like everything's perfect. They were talking about unity and purpose, unity and action. They were talking about recognizing that the diversity of our country is our strength. And that kind of unity doesn't mean uniformity. That kind of unity doesn't mean consensus. That type of unity is, I think, a more profound, more just version of unity. And based on what, what the president said in his inaugural address, it, it's about a unity that I think is summed up in, not to quote Dr. King again, but is summed up in the idea that true peace is not merely the absence of tension, it's the presence of justice. And it's that kind of unity. It's that type of, of unity in action and in purpose and unity in recognizing our differences and our diversity make us stronger. And if you can't accept that type of unified purpose, that type of unified action, then you're opting out of our democracy. You're opting out right. of the conversation. For more of our conversations from Project Fierce, head over to wearechannelq.com because honey, we really did go there. And it was such a pleasure having everyone involved, especially Angelica Ross. Now coming up on the show, what's a turbo relationship? And have you been in one during the pandemic? We look at that next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. So you met someone and fell in love in the pandemic. Love in the time of COVID. But will it last beyond that? After you get your vaccination, will your dreams of going to Paris end as quickly as they started? Joining us right now is Alicia Munoz, who's a certified couples therapist and author of three relationship books, No wow. More Fighting, A Year of Us, and The Couples Quiz Book. Thanks she for like being a Cupid here. or something? Three relationship <laughs> books. That's intense. <laughs> it's good to be here. So uh, a lot of people are talking about the turbo relationship as it relates to those relationships that started during COVID. What does that mean? So turbo relationships are ones that formed over the course of the pandemic mm. with the kind of survival pressures of, you know, avoiding isolation dreading quarantine and wanting to partner up so you're not stuck alone uh, for an uncertain period of time. 
That makes I sense. Mean, sounds Turbo. really familiar to me. He's saying that <laughs> because I met uh, my partner and lover uh, during the pandemic. And and so I guess how do you know if it's a turbo relationship, which seems like it might be, yeah, a bit uh, codependent out of survival, maybe not long term to something that's going to last? Well, it would be important to um, assess how you feel for this person. You know, are you with them because they soothe your anxiety, reduce your your feelings of, of dread or mm-hmm. do they actually inspire you and excite you? Oh, that too. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I wonder why would someone second guess once they're both vaccinated? Why would someone second guess if they're in love with their partner? Because I would assume the vaccine's not going to magically just change your feelings. That's very true. Um, at the same time w- with, the world opening up and now you can travel and you can party and you can go out and meet more people and connect with more people, that freedom and all those opportunities sometimes make people second guess their partner choice when they made that choice uh, out of fear. Wow. That makes sense. So what advice do you have for people? Like what should individuals be thinking about, but then also bringing to their relationship? Well, it's sort of basic therapy 101 advice, but uh, I think it's something that all of us can struggle with at times. And that's just to have honest conversations about why you're together, what what attracted you to each other, not necessarily to judge yourselves if you did get together because you didn't want to be isolated and alone through the pandemic, but really to just reassess, you know, where do we want to go from here? Do we have a, a shared relationship vision? Uh, you know, do we actually want to evolve in, in, in this new world, in this new normal? What if you're unsure still? What if you're just like, I'm just going to keep doing it because I'm, I'm, I'm pretty fine right now. It's comfortable. Yeah, I'm comfortable. <laughs> Is that good? Because I, I do think if you get too comfortable in something, that means like, are you just like, you know, kind of getting to be stuck or something? I don't know. What am I saying? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think then you're just joining the ranks of the rest of us in our relationships who we live with that uncertainty a lot, you know, of, of there's no real absolute guarantee in connection. It's something you have to sort of reconnect, re- recommit to every day. Can I ask you a personal question? Absolutely. What relationship made you want to become a relationship expert? <laughs> You know, I feel like um, there has to be that one relationship that was like, you know what, I'm going to change maybe the whole lack game. Of, or maybe the past parenting. <laughs> That's a great question. Well, you know, I think um, uh, probably dating the Serbian diamond thief might have done it for me where I'm like, okay, I have to reassess. You dated a who? What? <laughs> a prince? A Serbian diamond person? You left money? <laughs> <laughs> not just monetary love right yeah joking joking aside though i i think for me it's uh it's just i met my my current partner my husband in a couple in actually group therapy so um, that was my motivation yeah i appreciate that find yourself a person who's also in therapy it makes a world exactly honestly totally totally they have to be willing to work on themselves Yes, agreed. Alicia Munoz, thank you so much for being with us today. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Such a pleasure. Get our three books. Yeah, No More Fighting, A Year of Us, and the Couples Quiz Book. It's pretty great. I want that. I should get that. Here we go. Play with my partner. 
And coming up, a stripper reveals which celebs are bad tippers on TikTok. And one of the folks is actually a celeb couple. Just saying, stick around for that. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. A dancer, Amanda DeMio, on TikTok is revealing which celebrities tip well in strip clubs and which don't. And, of course, the latter is getting the views. Are you surprised? I mean, I'm intrigued. Are you? Yeah. So, let me first tell you who she says are good tippers. Okay. And then we'll get into we'll play the, the good clip. news first. Yeah. Always. Drake. Of course. Champagne Poppy is what they yeah. call him. He's also Canadian. Good guy. Girl, we already know that. You say that like it's new news. Usher. Okay. Ray Schmurmerd, which I always have a hard time. I have a hard time pronouncing his name. Schmurmerd. 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 Oh, and then, what? Demio has been working as a dancer for a little over six years at clubs across the country. And here's who she says are bad tippers. Celebrities who do not tip well at the strip club. Uh, Mr. Scott, he did not spend any money in the strip club. He also seems really lit, and it was like 4.30 in the morning, so I don't know, maybe that's why. Meek Mill comes into the club, orders food, doesn't tip any of the girls, uh, doesn't even tip the cocktail waitress or the food waitress. So, not even the food waitress for serving his food. <laughs> Cheap? J-Lo and A-Rod came into the club, did a room with the dancer, and didn't even tip her. This is when I was working in New York, and she was about to film the movie Hustler, so I only think she went into the club to, like, learn about strippers. Yeah, so I just thought that was juicy. J-Lo and A-Rod, come on. You know what I found to be juicy? Shira has like this weird sexual awakening where she wants to cover all things adult life. She loves the OnlyFans. She I'm loves anything and curious. with adult I'm, I, I, dancers. I'm all about liberation, whatever that means to When each did of that us. liberating feeling come Is this a therapy session? <laughs> What's going on? What are you examining? How are you going on in your own life? All I'm saying is TikTok has got a whole corner of TikTok called Strip Talk. It's actually a very vibrant community. I love Strip Talk. Yeah. And Speaking of Strip Talk, really quick, uh, Lil Nas X uh-huh. is having, uh, he is doing a giveaway for anyone who copies his pole dance from Call Me By Your Name. Oh. He's giving out $10,000. So if you have a stripper pole in your house, Damn. I would upload uh, uh, basically a TikTok video of you dancing to Call Me By Your Name, Montero, and you could possibly win $10,000. That's because I danced to that, but I didn't have a strip pole. And you would not have won that $10,000. That is not fair. It's true. I think you would have appreciated it. It is true. Maybe I got to work on my pole moves. You weren't nowhere near a pole. The pole would have ran away. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, well, that does it for Strip Talk today. When we bring you more news coming up, another show. But next up on the show, what's trending this hour? Pete Buttigieg's message on Trans Day of Visibility. That's next. Let's go there with Shira and Ryan. Channel Q. Coming up this hour of the show, the latest coming from the Derek Chauvin trial for the George Floyd murder. We've got a reporter on the ground there joining us. Uh, that's in 15 minutes. Plus, more on Trans Day Visibility with wellness guru and trans activist Blossom Brown. Right now, let's get into some what's trending this hour. Uh, we are continuing to celebrate Trans Day of Visibility here on the show. And here's what Pete Buttigieg, Secretary Pete, had to share on his social media today. Hi, it's Secretary Pete Buttigieg, and today is Transgender Day of Visibility. It's a chance to celebrate our trans family members, friends, peers, and loved ones across the country. 
the trans folks who are making our nation better, safer, and more vibrant. Recently, the Senate confirmed Dr. Rachel Levine, the first openly trans person to receive a presidential appointment, serving as Assistant Secretary for Health in the Department of Health and Human Services. I hope that her confirmation inspires everyone, as it does me. And that, there you go. You can find that at his uh, on his Twitter, at Secretary Pete. And finally, French President Emmanuel Macron announced today that the country will widen lockdown restrictions nationwide starting on Saturday. So if you're planning to go to France, well, you probably don't want to do that. It includes school closures, a travel ban, and a nightly curfew. The move comes as the country struggles to contain a deadly new COVID-19 wave, which is very unfortunate. And that was what's trending this hour. What's happening in entertainment news, Ryan? Okay, so I actually have some really good tea, right? So Justin uh-huh. Bieber, he is finally, um, basically, he's responding to all the, the claims and, and reactions to people being like, why did you include the Martin Luther King Jr. speech on your album, Justice, right? Everyone has been wanting to know. I have been wanting to know. It, it is time for your tea report. Those pop culture stories trending right now. So Justin Bieber was on the audio-only app uh, Clubhouse last night answering fan questions. And guess what? I was tuned right in after work. Um, we have some exclusive audio of him answering the question. Everyone wanted to you know. you stole. Okay. <laughs> stole the audio. Okay. Yeah, I guess I got to be clear about it. So Clubhouse rules, you, you're not supposed to like screen record, but I I thought as an entertainment journalist, uh-huh. I'm an entertainment journalist. He is asking, he has not been asked this question yet. No one has asked him this. And I thought I'm doing my duty to make sure people know what's going on. So here is what he had to say. Being uh, insensitive jokes when I was a kid and being insensitive and being uh, honestly just a part of the problem because I was just, I, I just didn't know better. And I think like for me to have this platform to just, you know, share this raw moment of Martin Luther King um, in a time where he thought that he was, I mean, he knew he was gonna die for what he was standing up for. And um, he was preaching to himself in that moment, just talking about if you're not willing to die for something that you believe in, you know, what is is it worth living? And um, for me, I was willing to, you know, go through as much hate uh, by putting that on the album just because I know that there's a bigger purpose. And um, I'm not trying to be, you know, uh, the white savior. And that's just not my heart. My heart is just... So... There's a lot of thoughts around (laughs) I think what's interesting is I don't... his, His whole conversation was a little bit longer than that, but... I do think this is the gist of what he was saying. And um, for the most part, I don't really think Martin Luther King Jr. needed him to amplify his voice. But I do understand that a lot of his fan base is outside of the U.S. And so um, maybe there are people, which I actually took a poll asking if Justin Bieber introduced them to Martin Luther King. Do you want to know what the reaction was? And, And Yes, I do. But I also wonder, your audience is mostly American also. No, I have a, a a plethora of people. Thank you very much. Don't ever okay, judge so, my audience. So what? What was oh, it? I'm going to it. Can you please? Um, <laughs> Loading. No, okay, here we go. So I got over 1,300 votes. Oh, popular. Um, and I asked, did Justin Bieber introduce you? 
to MLK? Yes. Oh. 36.4%. That's... No, 63.6%. Uh-huh. Still, 33%. That's very surprising. It's embarrassing. It is. it is. Uh, and I would say also growing up in Canada, I mean, MLK is pretty much an icon. Like, you don't need to know American history to, you know, to deep American history to not to know about MLK. Well, you know, he actually started off his answer saying in Canada, they don't teach black history. And I was like, actually, I know someone from Canada. And she had no clue about black history. I knew, like, the Underground Railroad and uh, Harriet Tubman. No, that's what they taught us. That's real. Like, that's all. I'm sorry. No, it's true. It's true. Being honest. No, I'm happy you're being honest. But secondly, also, he got, uh, the family gave him They gave him permission. permission So really, the question is to them, why would they give him that? This Because they they thought, well, might as as well, yeah, amplify it. It's not going to hurt. The thing is, this is the thing. The album isn't just about justice and social justice. It's about, like relationships and breaking up and girls and all yeah, that. Yeah, the song like, that comes right after the MLK interlude is a song called Die For You and it's about dying for Haley. So that's the thing. If you're going to do an album about justice, do it as, go all in. Do I social agree. justice. And also, did he give him any money to an, an organization? He or did, anything? actually. He partnered with uh, uh, the daughter of MLK, okay. Bernice uh, King. And um, they did something special. But let us know what your thoughts are at LGT Show. You know, I'm coming in with some investigative journalism yep. here. Um, you're welcome. Um, and that's your tea report for the hour. We're wrapping up the show, as we always do, with our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. And this one goes to a friend of the show. He's been on before. And guess what? He made his debut hosting on Ellen. Kaylin Allen. Hello, everybody. Oh, my goodness. Look at all your sweet, beautiful faces. Oh. Now, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Kaylin Allen. <laughs> Not to be confused with Steve Harvey, Montel Williams, or RuPaul. I know the, the, the bald head can be a little confusing. And for those of you that do know me, hey, y'all. <laughs> so I work here at Ellen, and I've been a guest before, but this is my first time guest hosting. I know, right? How far we have come. I mean, I, I've hosted a Beyonce lookalike contest, you know? And I've hosted drag bingo at Hamburger Mary's, but never the Ellen DeGeneres show, darling. We're moving up. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, when I tell you I am so proud of Kaylin, and this was his first monologue as, I mean, his first appearance as a daytime television host. I mean, he even said it, like, the... Most he's hosted. He hosts his own videos. Yes, yes, Actually, yes. he is a host on a show. Is it on Discovery Plus? Yes, 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 it is. It's like a food show, I believe. Cute. But I, I can't remember what it is but exactly. But this is a pretty big it's leap. It's a huge leap in front of an Ellen audience. Like, you are being, you're black, you're queer, and you are literally in the homes of people during daytime talk. That is a huge moment, and I'm so, one, happy that Ellen, um, like signed off on something like that. I know mm-hmm. she kind of needs the PR, but Kalen really does deserve it. Like Kalen deserves this because he's worked so, so hard for it. And I really feel like this shows a new crop of talent and voices coming out. And it gives me hope as to what we're going to see on TV and in the media in the future. You're talking about me? Yep. You, it, it's all <laughs> you. I just say to Ryan, you know, whenever you get hired for something, I'm like, don't forget, don't forget your, uh, your friend Shira. (laughs) I would never forget you. But yes, there'll be more black queer voices everywhere. Shira.
announcement. I'm not black. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> So congrats again. This is not about us. This is about Kayla. We still it about both of us. Well, actually, it was more about you. But Kalen yeah. Allen, very proud of him. Uh, check out the clip. He posted it on Instagram and, of course, on Ellen.com. Everything was there. so good. And, oh, my God, the lineup that he had on today's show. Angelica Ross made an appearance. Kelly Rowland made an appearance. What and I think show. one of his old teachers, one of his old professors from his um, from his college came and, came and got interviewed. So you know what's so weird? Cool is like as as you get older and you're more in this industry like your degree separated from everything and everyone mm-hmm. I mean I interned at Ellen but now seeing friends that are just like oh our friends yeah. are having these jobs and I just think that's so cool no I, I love it it's absolutely amazing and I was like we have we can't give the S queen to anyone else today except for Caitlin Allen and of course all our friends and family in the transgender community oh yes oh my god of course this day is dedicated to them and that does it for our show and our Yes Queen of the Day. Yes, Queen. On tomorrow's show, of course, we bring you what's trending this hour, every hour. Uh, also, we're going to be getting into this class action lawsuit filed by LGBTQ students against the Department of Education. Mm, yeah. Yeah, what, what's that all about? I'm excited to find out more about that. Yes, that's happening tomorrow. Uh, plus, if you miss any of our shows or our interviews, we post everything as a podcast. So you can listen to the Let's Go There podcast on the Odyssey app. Just download it or uh, radio.com has become Odyssey. So mm-hmm. it's that easy. Mm-hmm. We are sending you love and light. And honey, remember to slay. And stick around for Love Line with Dr. Chris. He's covering horrible first dates. That should be entertaining. <gasps> Bye, y'all.